Never before have so many thought so much about dying. You know, for an entire year now and around the entire globe, people have been thinking about dying, haven't they? The focus for many has been on trying to keep from getting COVID, and then if we did get COVID, how could we survive it? And people have quarantined, they've isolated themselves, we've worn masks, many are getting vaccinations now. As you think about this last year, how much of your focus has been on keeping yourself from getting COVID and the possibility of dying? You know, as we have thought so much about the possibility of dying, it's kind of ironic that tonight we're gathered here to talk about somebody who died. That somebody is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Tonight our focus is on the death that Jesus Christ died. Now unlike many in the world who have been trying to avoid death, Jesus came into the world specifically to die. Now we all know we're all going to die one day. Every single one of us will die. But Jesus Christ came not just knowing I'm going to die one day. As I said, he came specifically to die. He came specifically to be the sacrifice to save us from our sins. As you think about the death of Christ, as you think about Jesus dying, who caused the death of Christ? Now, the easy answer for many is to say, well, the soldiers did. The Roman soldiers. The scriptures tell us in Matthew 27, 27 and following, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. And they stripped him, and they put a scarlet robe on him. And after weaving a crown of thorns they put on his, that they put on his head and a reed in his right hand, they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him. And they took the reed, and they began to beat him on the head. And after they mocked him, they took off his robe, and they put his garments back on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, whom they pressed into service to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they crucified him. The soldiers are the ones who beat Jesus. The soldiers are the ones who nailed Christ to the cross. So would we say that they were the ones who caused the death of Christ? They certainly had a part. But remember what we just read said that they were of the praetorian guard, which means they were under the authority of the governor. These were just troops doing what they were told to do, carrying out the orders to crucify Christ. Those orders came from Pontius Pilate. As John 19.16 tells us, Pilate then delivered Jesus Christ to them to be crucified. So would we say that it was Pontius Pilate who caused the death of Christ? Listen to what Luke twenty three twenty through 24 tells us. And Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept calling out, saying, Crucify, crucify him. And he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has this man done? I have found in him no guilt demanding death. I will therefore punish him and release him. But they were insistent and with loud voices crying out that he must be crucified. And their voices began to prevail and Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand should be granted. Pilate had a part. He was the one who handed Christ over to be crucified. 
But we saw that others were pressuring him. The crowd was. And there were people behind the crowd that were pressuring as well. And they were the Pharisees. When Pilate asked in John 19.15, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So then they delivered him to be crucified. The call to crucify Christ came from the crowds, but it was the religious leaders who were pushing. They were the ones who plotted to have Christ killed. As Matthew twelve fourteen tells us, the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So should we say it was the religious leaders? The religious leaders and their jealousy that caused the death of Christ? Well, certainly a factor, but for their plan to work, there had to be somebody in the inner circle, somebody to hand Jesus over. We know that person was Judas, one of the disciples. And Luke twenty-two forty-seven tells us, while Jesus was still speaking, behold, a multitude came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was preceding them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas... Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? You'll remember as soon as Judas kissed Christ, the crowd arrested him. So did Judas cause the death of Christ? Was it his betrayal? Well, he betrayed Jesus. He kissed him. But then the crowd was there. The soldiers that were there had to arrest him. So are we back to what we saw earlier about the soldiers or maybe the people in the crowd? In John 1.11, it says Jesus came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. His own, the Jewish people. Remember, just a few days earlier on Palm Sunday, as Christ came into the city of Jerusalem, the crowds were crying out, Hosanna, a word that means save now. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. But the cheering of the crowd had turned to jeering. No longer were they proclaiming, this is our king, this is the Messiah who's come to save us. Now they were crying out, crucify. Crucify Christ. In Matthew twenty-seven, twenty-three, and following, Pilate says, why? What evil has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and he washed his hands in front of the multitude, saying, See, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. And the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. So who caused the death of Christ? The people? The priest? Was it Pilate? The soldiers? Or was it somebody else? Could that somebody be sitting here right now or worshiping with us online? It could be the person sitting on the couch or the chair next to you at home or here in the sanctuary. Have you considered that it might even be you who caused the death of Jesus? And maybe you're thinking, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Pastor Roger. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. How, how, how could I be the one who caused the death of Christ? Well, if you read Romans 3.23, it tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
The word sin means to miss the mark, to fall short of God's standard of perfection. It means when we disobey, when we make a mistake, when we break a law, when we do anything that is contrary to what God says, we have sinned. And it says, for all have sinned, you and me. You see, it may not just be the person sitting in the seat next to you. It may be the pastor standing in this pulpit right here talking to you right now who caused the death of Christ. Because we're all sinners. We're all guilty. And Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, sin caused the death of Christ. Remember the God-man, Jesus Christ, the one who was perfect, who did not owe the penalty of death himself, came and took on flesh and blood so he could go to the cross to take on your sin and mine. That's why Christ came. That's why the Messiah walked the earth. It's why God took on flesh and blood so he could take our sin on the cross and pay that penalty of death that we all owed. Every one of us are just as responsible for the death of Christ as the Roman soldier who nailed the spikes into his hands and his feet. So as we talk about who caused the death of Christ, the answer is all of the above. And it doesn't stop there, because as we think about who is above all, that is God himself. Have you considered that maybe the one who caused the death of Christ was God himself? Because when it comes to who caused the death of Christ, the ultimate answer is it all started with God. In Romans 8.32, we're told, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. It was God's plan to save us. It was how God knew the penalty of death would be paid. He, through the prophet Isaiah, uh, wrote these words for us hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ ever walked the earth. In Isaiah 53, 5 through 6, it says, But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed, all of us. Like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. It says in Isaiah 53.10, But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief if he would render himself as a guilt offering, as a sacrifice, as the payment for our sins. It's why John the Baptist in John one twenty nine pointed to Jesus Christ and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God gave his son to die for us because it was only through the death of Jesus that the penalty could be paid. Friends, every one of us is a sinner. Romans 3.10 tells us there is an unrighteous. No, not one. This is why the God-man Jesus Christ came. Because only the one who had never sinned could pay the penalty of death that was owed. He paid the penalty he did not owe because we could not pay the penalty ourselves. And as Jesus Christ went to the cross, as he paid that penalty of death, his sacrifice is what saves us. Without the sacrifice of Christ, every man, woman, boy or girl who has ever lived is lost and without hope. But because of God's great love and his gift of grace, he offers us that opportunity to accept by faith the sacrifice that he made to save you and me. So when we think about what caused the death of Christ, the answer is it was God's great love for us. 
Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As we talk about God's great love, it wasn't just God the Father's love for us. We read John three sixteen, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have the gift of eternal life. God the Father said, I'm going to send my Son. But Jesus Christ willingly came. Jesus Christ willingly gave his life. In John ten fifteen, Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. He goes on to say in verses 17 through 18, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. What Jesus is saying is, I could have said no. I could have walked away. I didn't have to go to the cross. Remember, as Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was facing that mob that was coming, Christ knew the the Judas was on the way to betray him. He knew the soldiers were there. He knew what was coming. And he was in anguish. He prayed in the garden. You'll remember he he was so anguished, he was sweating literal drops of blood. And he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And then when the crowds came, when Judas kissed him, when they went to arrest him, remember Peter, one of his other disciples, whips out a sword and and lopped off the ear of the the priest's servant. And, And Jesus turns and he says, Peter, put your sword away. He says, I could call down 12 legions of angels at this moment. Christ says, if I wanted to fight, I could wipe out everybody who is here to arrest me. And then he picks up the ear and he heals the servant. And then he willingly went with the mob, knowing he was about to die. Later, as Jesus hung on the cross, you'll recall people were mocking him. They said, you saved others, now save yourself. Come down and we will believe you. But Jesus stayed on the cross. Friends, it wasn't the nails that held him there. It was his love. He could have easily come down off the cross. But he stayed there because of his great love for you and me. Jesus loves you not this much or this much, but this much. And he opened his arms wide. And he allowed his blood to pour out in order to wash away your sins and mine. You know, when we sin, what we're doing is turning our backs to God. But Jesus didn't turn his back to you or me. Instead, he offered his back, his back that was beaten bloody as he was whipped, his back that carried the cross up to Golgotha. Jesus didn't turn his back on you or me. He offered his life so that we could have the gift of eternal life. Who caused the death of Christ? It was God. God in his great love for you and me. God the Father as we read in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if you will believe in him, you will not perish, but you'll have the gift of eternal life. God died for you when you were at your worst, when you were enemies of his far from him, as Romans 5, 8 reminds us. He demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. If you're listening to this message and you're thinking, my life is too big of a mess, God would never love me. God could never accept me. You're wrong. He loves you just like you are. He went to the cross to die for you. 
And he wants you to come to him. He wants you to receive his gift of grace. Friends, you don't get to heaven by how good you are. Nobody can earn their way to God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one should boast. God died for you. His gift of grace is offered to you freely. All you have to do is acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, to say to Jesus, I believe you're who you said you are, the Son of God who came and died on the cross to pay the penalty of death I owe for my sins. Remember Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. He says in Romans 10, 9, uh, that God's word says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. What that's saying, when you confess with your mouth, the word means to say the same thing as God says. That's what confession means. And what you're saying is, God, I believe you're who you said you are. You are, are the son of God. Remember, there were three people who died that day on the hill called Calvary on Golgotha. Jesus Christ and two criminals who were under a death sentence for their crimes. All three men died. All three men were buried. But one of them came out three days later alive, and that was Jesus Christ because he was God. The grave could not hold him. Death could not keep him there. Jesus conquered sin, death, and Satan on the cross. We will celebrate that fact on Easter Sunday in just a few days. But the reason Christ had to die was because the penalty of death had to be paid. The book of Hebrews tells us without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And that's why Christ died for you and me. He came to give his life so that you could have the gift of eternal life. If you're here tonight, if you're worshiping with us online and you've never acknowledged your need for Christ as your Savior, if you've never said to God, God, I'm a sinner, and I recognize because I'm a sinner that I owe a penalty of death. And I realize, God, that you came. Maybe for the first time tonight, you understand who Jesus is and why he died. And you're saying tonight, I need him to be my savior. Christ, I need you to be my Messiah. That's what the word Christ means. I need you to be the payment for the penalty of sin that I owe then God invites you to accept his gift. Remember Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Friends, if you've never taken that step of faith and tonight you're ready to do so, I'm going to end our time with a prayer. There's nothing magic about the prayer. It's just your way of saying to God, I acknowledge you're who you said you are, Christ, the Son of God the one who died for me. I believe not only did you come to earth, take on flesh and blood and die on the cross, but I, I believe you rose from the dead, Jesus, showing you were who you said you are, the son of God who conquered sin and death. And tonight, Jesus, I accept your gift of grace, your gift of new and eternal life. If you'd like to do that, I invite you just to bow your heads where you are. You don't have to walk the aisle. You don't have to raise your hand. You can pray this prayer in the privacy of your own heart and mind. It's just your way of saying to God, I'm, I'm accepting your gift of grace. If you'd like to do that, then I invite you to pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And because of that, I owe a penalty of death. I thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died on the cross to pay that penalty of death I owe. 
I believe, Jesus, that you're who you said you are, the Son of God. You showed that by rising from the dead, showing that you conquered sin and death. And today I'm trusting in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm accepting your gift of grace, God. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins and the gift of eternal life I now have. I pray this in the name of my precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.